at indignation within themselves. Did you know, hey, I'm a counselor. Do you know that I learn whatever comes out, you, out of you was already in you? Isn't it amazing how we make statements like, well, he made me mad. He didn't make you mad. You chose to be mad. They can't nobody make you mad. You choose to be mad. Guess what? These guys chose to have indignation. It was in them. And here comes the hard part, people. Because it don't say it here in Matthew 26, but it does say it in John chapter 12. I want you to turn there because we're going to look at a man that I believe it was unbelievable the ability that he had to influence other people. John chapter 12, verse 4. Verse 4, it says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. Let me stop right here. I told you to pay very close attention to that man's name, Simon, a while ago. I don't know this. I've studied commentaries, and I don't know this for sure. But I'm telling you something. It's a mighty funny coincidence in all four of these stories, all four Gospels. Simon's son, Judas Iscariot is Simon's son. Whose house are they in? Simon the leper. In Luke chapter 7, he's Simon the Pharisee. Can you imagine that? Now, I don't know this, but listen to this. What if that is his daddy? Jesus has healed him of leprosy, and this devil here has enough audacity to stir up indignation in the other disciples. Can you imagine that? After Jesus had healed his daddy of leprosy, he wants to look and say, What a waste for you to pour that ointment on this man here. We could have took it and sold it for 300 denarii. And John, listen, John's gospel was written something like 50 to 60 years after this event. He did not forget that day. And look at what he says. Verse 5, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Look at verse 6. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Does that not break your heart? That hey, he was the treasure of the disciples. And John realizes 50 or 60 years later, it wasn't just that day that he was griping. That sorry rascal had been putting his hand in the bag all along. We'd been putting money in that bag, and he had been putting it in his pocket. And here he has enough gall to stand. He, John says he didn't care about the poor. He was a thief. I'll tell you something. You better thank Jesus. He's the wonderful Savior. He is. He even protected Judas. Had Jesus let the cat out of the bag, what kind of man Judas really was, you do understand who them guys are that was around him, don't you? James and John, the sons of thunder. Peter, who would wheel a sword on you just like that, cut a man's ear off just to be doing it. What do you think would have happened to Judas? He just thinks he died a miserable death. Those guys would have jumped on him and beat him within an inch of his life and then cut his head off. John says it 50 or 60 years later, said he didn't care about no poor. He was a thief and a robber. 
I'm going to tell you what happened in Judas's life. It started out small. He just started putting a few pennies in his pocket. But then it started growing because that's the way money will do you if you ain't careful. It started growing and growing till one day he stooped so low to sell my blessed Savior for 30 pieces of silver. But yet he starts running his mouth right here about a woman who has fell at the feet of Jesus and just loving him recklessly. And I'll tell you what she did. She was loving him so recklessly. In all four Gospels, it says something different. And one, it says she poured it on his feet. One says he poured it, she poured it on his head. I believe she just went so crazy she poured it all over him and was just down on her knees. And she was down at his feet. As a matter of fact, it says that she was wiping his feet with the tears and wiping his feet with her hair. Women, you better pay attention to this because it says in the New Testament that the glory of a woman is her hair. Boy, I'm glad it don't say that about a man. (laughs) But hey, the reason that Paul put it that way was he wanted to drive a point home. What was this woman doing? And matter of fact, women did not let their hair down until wedding night. She had let her hair down. She had poured that ointment out all over Jesus. And she was down there wiping his feet with her hair. Guess what she was doing? And by the way, her hair being her glory, she was laying all of her glory at Jesus' feet. That's the way we ought to do it, people. Just love him so recklessly that every, every acclimate people give us, we ought to say, it's Jesus. People, I'm in revivals week in and week out. We had a tremendous revival down Paisley this week. People got saved. I'm telling you, it's awesome. And they'd come up and pat this big dummy on the back. I'd look at him and say, you don't have a clue. It's not me, it's him. But you know what's happened in my life? I've just started loving Jesus recklessly. And I am amazed at how I can stand in the pulpit and he just opens up his arms and reaches out and gets a hold of people's hearts and pulls them to him. People, that's all that matters. All I want to do is lift him up because he tells me if I lift him up, he'll draw all men to him. That's what this woman's doing. She's giving it all to Jesus. But here's Judas running his mouth about her. Fifty, sixty years later, John says he's nothing but a thief. Hey, there's, hey, you've got a great church here. But did you, do you understand that there's probably some of Judas's bloodline right here in this building. I'm sorry. But the devil's not giving up. He's a, he's a defeated foe. Jesus has already kicked him in the head, give him a death blow, but he's so stupid he don't realize it. And he's got his people in every church. I don't care how good a church it is because I go in some great churches two or three, six months down the road. I'll, that pastor will call me and say, you wouldn't believe what so-and-so did. Be careful, cause and be careful with money in church. That's what messed Judas up. Look at this; they all had the indignation. That, and isn't it amazing how one guy started running his mouth, and how them other guys got caught right up in it? We're talking about men who loved Jesus, had left everything they owned to follow Him, but now one man has started indignation and how ridiculous it is for one woman to do what she is doing. And all the rest of them are just jumping right in that crowd. Be careful who you follow. <laughs> do you actually think that the devil is going to come walking in here with a little pitchfork and two little horns sticking up out of his head? No, he's going to come in some of the most beautiful people that you've ever seen in your life. They'll put on their Sunday clothes. They'll smile, but they're not God's children. 
If Satan come in here and look like most of us think he does, he'd scare us all to death. And we wouldn't follow him. But he comes masquerading as God's children. So everybody's sitting around you. Now, I don't mean for you to look at your neighbor and think, oh. But just be careful. <laughs> it's amazing how many husbands just kind of done that away from their wife just then. <laughs> okay, we've seen the legalist consult the lady commune. The loved ones complain, but here's the most important person. The Lord commended. Let's look at him. It says in verse 10 of Matthew 26. I'm sorry, go back to Matthew 26. It says in verse 10, And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble you the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. I'm going to ask you a question. Some of you people who read your Bibles, can you take and show me anywhere in your Bible that this Mary right here was at the cross? You can't do it. She was not at the cross. Why? People, Jesus Christ himself back in verse 2 said, You know that after two days is a feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. But that's not the only thing he said. In John 11, he said, I am the way, the resurrection, and the life. He says, don't fret. They're going to crucify me, but after three days, I'll rise again. You can't show me nowhere in the Bible where this Mary right here was at the cross. There's some other Marys there weeping. Not this woman. You can't show me nowhere in the Bible where this Mary right here was at the tomb. Mary Magdalene, some of the other were there. Not this Mary. Why are you saying that? Because... He had told them all what was going to happen. But she was the only one that heard what he said. Do you understand I preach week in and week out in churches, and a lot of people hear what I say, but they don't hear what I say. Mary heard what Jesus said. He said, don't you fret. (laughs) They're going to kill me, but don't you fret. I'm going to be laid in a tomb. And by the way, it's a borrowed tomb. I've been there. I've been to the Holy Land. That's an amazing thing to walk down there, go in that tomb. (laughs) Joseph of Arimathea was a shorter man than Jesus. You can go in that tomb over there right now, and you can tell where they took and made that tomb about that much longer. Why? Because Jesus was taller than Joseph of Arimathea. And the reason they did that was it was not his. He didn't, hey, why do you want to buy something that you're not going to use but just a couple days? He knew he didn't need to buy it. He knew he didn't need it but just a couple days. He's just going to borrow it and then be out of there. Well, he told Mary and his whole crowd, don't worry, I'm not going to stay in that tomb. I'm coming out of there. I am the resurrection. Mary heard him. Well, how did she hear him and the rest of them did? She was loving Jesus recklessly with an abandonment. She didn't let other stuff get in her way. Nothing stood between her and Jesus. These were some great men here now, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, all that crap. These were great men, but they had some things standing between them and Jesus undoubtedly because they didn't hear what he said. Mary did. She was not at the cross. She was not at the tomb. You know where she was at? 
I'm going to come out of the ground in three days. Y'all go over yonder. I'm coming over to Galilee. I wonder where this woman was at. I bet she is over there just dancing around on the shore. Over, I'm here. He's going to be over here. That's why I know he is. He told me he was. They better thank God I wasn't there. They better thank God I wasn't like Mary and heard what he said. Because when Peter, James, and John and all that crowd come over, I'd say, told you so. <laughs> this woman here loved Jesus recklessly. with an abandonment. She didn't care. Oh, how she was blessed. Jesus told the rest of them, shut up and leave her alone. For what she's done, it's going to be preached all over the world. Isn't that wonderful? You and I can do the very same thing here in 2003. We can love Jesus so recklessly that people will start saying, you know something, I don't know what in the world's happened to them, but there's something going on in their life that I don't have, don't understand it, but you know something, I'm going to start hanging around them to see how they live life. You know what we do over at our office? We don't do nothing but just love Jesus. That's all I'm doing everywhere I go is just teach people just to love Jesus. You wouldn't believe what it's doing in people's lives. That's all I do is just, there's nothing else worth preaching. I have learned I can open the book of Genesis, read it plumb through the Revelation, and guess who I see? Jesus Christ. This is not a self-help book. This is not something to make you and me better. This is about Jesus Christ living his glorious life in and through people to bring glory back to himself. I'm through. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know how Byron does things, but I just told him I was going to preach, and then I was going to let him have it. And I want you just to do... Well, I've already let him have it. <laughs> I just want you to do what Jesus has told you to do today. It don't matter what the singers do. It, don't matter, it does not matter what Byron and I do. It's what Jesus wants you to do. And I don't know what he's telling you to do. But I do know this. I bet you he's telling you to love him recklessly. With an, hey, give up everything. Thank you for letting me be here. Love Jesus recklessly. Well, he did hand it. That was the Lord, wasn't it? It was real good. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. But one thing that Dale has is he has an ability to pray for people, and there's an impartation that happens. Um, really is. That, in fact, their ministry they're in is a ministry of imparting something. And I think really what the Lord's trying to do is impart a love for the Lord himself to us today. And I think it... It's no accident. It wasn't planned that he would come when we did communion. Um, but what I wanted to do now, I wanted to, I wanted to show you that video clip again that I showed you last week. So if you, if you don't like blood, or if you're young and it may mess you up, you might want to walk out. But this is a un, the unsanitized version of the of the end times. And what I wanted to do is I want really the reason I want us to see this and get this in our heart. Is I want us to see, you know, that the Lord loves us and how much He loves us and what He did for us. And this sort of is a probably not a perfect, by any stretch, uh, interpretation of that, but it really does speak to that. And that's really what we want to do, is we want to fall more in love with the Lord. So I want us to uh, you turn the lights back, Brett. So, like I say, if you've got a squimish stomach, this may bother you, but we're going to just see this. Let's just watch this a minute, and then we're going to do communion.
powerful picture of the Lord's love for us. That's what really what Dale was really preaching about. For us to love the Lord, we need to know His love. And I think the Lord this morning really is trying to prick our hearts about what He's done for us. And I really want us to take this message seriously this morning. And the Lord really is calling us to recklessly love Him. Because He first recklessly loved us. And that, that's reckless. That's, that's in, that is just beyond belief that God Himself would do that. And I just, you know, just really ask the Lord this morning, just with all my heart, Lord, that somehow it, it would just, you would just show us how much, just make that real to us, Lord. Just make it real to us, Jesus. How much you love us and how you went through that for us, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, you just want us to love you back today, Lord. That's really what it's all about. It really is the truth. You want us just to get in love and embrace that, Lord. I just ask you, Lord, today that somehow all the words that have been spoken, the things that have happened here this morning, Lord, these are things that you have orchestrated. You're speaking to us. Lord, I ask you that we would have ears to hear this morning what your Spirit is saying to us. You would prick our hearts, God, and, and cause us to fall before your, your face, Lord. Fall on our face before you, Lord Jesus. And that we would deeply fall in love with you, Lord. Lord, make that real to us, Lord. And thank you for the body of Jesus that hung up on that cross. And Lord, thank you that you don't stay there. And thank you that it was a barred tomb, Lord. That you came back alive and that you're alive today, Lord. And you're real today, Lord. You're real. God, open our eyes to see how real you are. Lord, we're like blind men. We don't really see. And Father, somehow, just like Mary, like Dale said, Mary somehow heard what you said. Nobody else heard it, Lord. She heard it. And I ask you today that we would hear, Lord. Please, Lord, let us hear what your Spirit's saying to us. Please, Lord, we come to you, we say with our flesh and our minds, we can't comprehend these things. But we're throwing ourselves at your feet, Lord. We're throwing ourselves at your feet and saying, Lord, we do need you. And Lord, we want to get out of our lethargic state, Lord. We want this to be real to us. We want all the stuff that you have to be real to us. And we're asking you today sincerely, Lord. We sincerely ask you, if you really sincerely are wanting God to make himself real and make his love real and make what Dale said real, raise your hand. Just raise your hand and say to the Lord, Lord, please make this real to me. Because I don't feel like it's always real to me, Lord. And I pray you would, Lord Jesus. And cause me to become reckless for you and radical for you. Just like you were reckless and radical for me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, let's just, I know it's late, but let's just be still a moment. I just feel like that's what we need to do. Let's just be still before the Lord. If you have to leave, that's okay. Just leave quietly. But I just feel like we need to just stop a moment here in the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit work on us.
Dale gave us a real practical word, I felt, in the middle of this message. It's the Lord about money, how we need to be careful about money. And I think that was the Lord uh, trying to speak to us. I think there's somebody here specific, maybe more than one person, that God is trying to speak to you about, about money. And, you know, money in itself is not evil, the Bible says, but the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what the Bible says. And I believe that God was trying to really, that was sort of just a word from God that God wanted somebody to hear this morning. And the Lord warned us to be careful about finances. And, you know, we're living in a society where that's a, you know, can be a stumbling block for people. And so I just want to ask, you know, that person or persons, whoever that may be, that you know who you are. To, you need to pay attention. The Lord's trying to help you. He's not trying to hurt you. In fact, Lord, I just, you know, want to just pray, Lord, about that. You know, uh, Lord, about finances for everybody in the room. That it is an issue for everybody at some point, Lord. Just pray that uh, that our hearts will be right about finances. Our hearts will be pure about finances, Lord Jesus.